going on down there. Hello and welcome to the middle chapter of our TFCon Chicago 2016 recordings here at WTF at TFW. This is an interview with 3A Greg, shot on location at the 3A booth in the dealer room on Saturday afternoon. If you'd like to see a video version featuring both Greg's face and some B-roll of the toys that 3A had on display, I have good news. There is a video version. There should be a link in the thread, I hope. Anyway, enjoy the interview. Everybody, I'm here at TFCon oh, yeah. Chicago uh, 2016, and I'm talking to 3A Greg, as I've come to know him. Hello. And I want to talk to you about a bunch of things, but first and foremost, your Transformer stuff. You've got the whole Dark of the Moon lineup here. We do. We, we brought everything. We even brought an early production sample of Starscream with us. Should be shipping out next month. Barring any unforeseen circumstances, we'll see what happens. But we brought them out. We wanted to show TF fans what we can do. And uh, I got to mess with that Optimus, uh, thanks to Ben's Collectibles. Fine gentleman with yes. uh, probably a powerful beard, I'd say. It's massive. It's incredible. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a good one. It's its own entity. These uh, Dark of the Moon Transformers are uh, they're action figures. They're licensed. Uh, it's kind of the main four names from G1 as they appeared in the films. Yes. Uh, the size of these figures is uh, fairly intense. It's something you don't really see in photos or even in video, really. When you see them in person, I find a lot of folks, myself included, tend to be a bit shocked. Yeah. Uh, nobody really expects a box the size of a mini-fridge to arrive, but when it does, it's, it's overwhelming. Um, but that's kind of the experience we want with people, with our figures, is they should be wowed. You know, when you have them in hand, when you see the scale, when you see the detail and the articulation, it, it, it should be an impressive factor, especially for the price point that we're selling at. And uh, with the license that you got, of late, in the last couple of years, it seems that the Transformers license has been getting out to other toy makers with uh, greater frequency. Yep. And um, obviously, you know, it comes with caveats, like most licensed pieces can't uh, actually transform themselves. Correct. Because uh, they don't want to, you know, create their own competition. Yeah. So when you when you secure that license, uh, like in this case, when you guys secure Dark of the Moon, um, as I understand, it's very it's specifically for Dark of the Moon, right? Like this series of figures. It is, yeah. So you, you yeah. we got Dark of the Moon license um, because that was the, the film that was coming out at the time, but it took us over two years of development to actually get the first figures out, yeah. which is why you know we were so late with them. You know, for, fourth movie had already been in theaters by the time I think we got uh, Bumblebee out. But it, it just came down to like the amount of detailing and effort we put into it to make sure that it was an accurate representation of Bumblebee from the film. And like looking at the ILM cats and looking at screen caps and getting the paint right. With Dark of the Moon, it was definitely... The, the end goal was to get G1. Um, and I know there's a lot of other companies doing G1 out there, but I think... What we're doing, at least, is is putting our own spin on it. Yeah. Where it's a little more stylized. It's it's a, it stands out amongst the other more traditional looking Optimus Primes, which isn't to say that they aren't you know there aren't great Optimus Primes from other third party companies out there, but we want to do something different. 
Well, it seems like you guys, uh, when you do your license stuff, it seems like there's very little of an attempt to replace an existing uh, property, like with your Marvel stuff, for instance. Exactly. There's, yeah. a, there's an artist's um, bent to it. Or with even the Transformers stuff, like the Optimus Prime design. Yep. It, it has a lot of tenants in, in a classic look, but it is an original uh, like line work design. Yes. Um, so with, with, when you're doing the movie stuff, because I've seen your, your guys' as large-scale robots before with, say, uh, Real Steel. Yes. Um, is there still kind of a twist to try to put in there of, like... It, it more comes down to the engineering and, and yeah. figuring out the articulation is kind of where we have to put our twist in. The, the other key thing for us is the paintwork and making sure that we're getting the detail, we're getting the weathering in and, and the grime and making it look used. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of, I mean, that's our deal. That's our bag. Is, is we just want them to look like they've been through hell and back. Yeah. Well, d- definitely, like, that's how I got into 3A was through uh, World War Robot Portable. And, like, that stuff is, is some of the, like, just, like, there's chunk to it. Right? Yeah. Like, you get a large Martin uh, with, like, a rust effect, and it's it, it's intense. Yes. It looks like it's been on the battlefield. Ash, who co-owns 3A, is the lead designer and, and is the man in charge. He's a big World War II junkie. So he's big on the history, he's big on the design elements, he's you know big on the engineering of those eras, and that's really what goes into his work, and his parents were, were in the war. So he he kind of brings that personal spin into it, trying to, to capture the feel of that iron and, and the steel and the and the you know the rivets. But then uh, going into the, the classic stuff you guys are doing, the G1 oriented stuff, yeah. uh, like you guys have shown off, I think for the first time, uh, Megatron. Yes, we brought, uh, we finished Megatron maybe four, five days ago and had him overnighted. Excellent. Right before the typhoon. <laughs> perfect timing. Um, we barely got it approved by Hasbro to show and um, it's been a labor of love. Well, the, the aesthetic you've hit with the G1 toys, like it's, uh, it's I would call it very grounded uh, yeah. in, in, uh, in a Transformers look and I know that when the license was announced um, there, there's a lot of talk amongst the fandom about, you know, what is the stylization going to be? Is it going to be Pointy um, shoes. Yeah, is it going to be pointy shoes? Is it going to be like the Zaku yeah. with the gas mask design? The funny thing is that's Hasbro, when they reference how far they want us to push these, is they mention the Zaku, they mention the Iron Man. Yeah. And they just say, get weird with it, as weird as you want. But Ash and I were kind of, we're tag team, teaming this with um, our engineer Jackie. And we all kind of came to the same conclusion of we don't want to stray too far because we want, we still want it to be retain elements of that character and retain elements from the cartoon. Yeah. So we've been going through the Sunbow animation models and we've been going through the original figures and kind of different G1 interpretations of the comics, like the, especially the 80s comics, and uh, kind of pushing and pulling. And what we really wanted to do essentially is make it an essential version of that character with our spin on it and then add the 3A weathering to it. Like the prime that we have here isn't the finished paint. The finished paint, like this was kind of a rush job we did for San Diego Comic-Con and we just haven't had a chance to add the grime and the weathering that we really want to get on them and make it stand out more. What I noticed out of the designs myself, and I don't know if this is maybe part of it, but um, the silhouettes have a very low weight to them, kind of like a bell-bottom look. It kind of reminds me of uh, some of that Shogun Warrior aesthetic yes. you guys touched on with World's Best Robot. Exactly. Uh, and, and I overheard you uh, before talking about the placement of die cast on Optimus Prime. It seems like you're going for something that's very 
play-oriented, I would call it, like with the weight being down yeah, by the we, feet. we want to give him some heft. We want it to feel like when you get a Shogun Warrior and those old-school figures, because that's that's what Ash grew up on. I have an older brother who weaned me on all these toys, and probably the reason why I collect and am into all of this shit. We want to capture that feeling when you're a kid, and that's, that's the toy that you had, and it's so overwhelming and powerful and cool. One thing that I'm excited about with these G1 toys, having messed with the Dark of the Moon Optimus and having come from the older, more vinyl-based, ball-joint-based World War Robot stuff, is I felt like this Dark of the Moon Optimus was a big step forward in my own experience with your guys' stuff as far as, uh, again, I'll say, like, very play-oriented engineering. It didn't feel uh, fragile. It didn't feel like my experience that I tend to have with Hot Toys pieces, where it feels like articulation is a gift being granted to me. (laughs) It feels like it's an intent of the piece. Yeah. And uh, these G1 toys seem like uh, they they would be taking a lot of lessons from that that kind of stuff. That's kind of what we're doing. I I think part of the the movie line was a test for for the G1 and just kind of making sure that we we can get that engineering down and that, you know, we're not just relying on ball joints. We want to have ratcheting joints. We want to be like the figure to hold its pose and to be strong enough to hold the pose, especially with die cast parts and with how heavy the weapons are. Yeah, and speaking of the weapons, I mean, like we've spoken about this, I'm I'm over the moon that there are uh, tabs on the handles and slots in the palms. I'm a a huge proponent of this. I, I have hand hand feel and, and just just very particular about hand design and making sure that the weapons can clip in and peg in and stay there because yeah. you know I, I love having the moving fingers but sometimes like you always run the risk of the finger like one finger or two finger is going to be loose yeah and it, it's just not something that that's done on purpose but you know hiccups happen in production but you know, you want to be able to hold the gun. And I think just that solution of having a little design plug helps so much. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, having gone through 3A stuff over the years and, and other, you know, designer-style toys over the years, yeah. and you see a lot of experimentation, you see people getting into, you know, we can have closable fingers. Uh, I'm happy when I see a company kind of look at the last five years and, and take that stuff as, yeah. as education, you know, and, like, where can we move this stuff forward? Yeah. Um, I overheard and I see, you know, by how you have the hand pose in front of Optimus. Yeah. That, like, it, it seems you've got some real specific wants out of the hands. Was there anything, like, going into this, like a, was there, like, a mission statement for you as far as design the engineering stuff on, on Optimus? The ultimate goal is just I wanted a toy that I wanted to play with. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I don't want to put out a product, and I know Ash doesn't want to put out a product that we're not excited about. You know, I, I wanted. Optimus Prime that I wanted as a kid. Like, I wanted him to be able to, like, move and pose and everything look great and, and the way it, you know, looks how it feels. Um, but yeah, it wasn't, like, anything specific, but I definitely, being a toy collector, yeah. just, I know what I like. I know what I look for in toys, and, and I wanted to put those elements as much as I could into this. Well, uh, just stepping slightly to the side and what you guys are working on, uh, I know that you've also got your fingers in on your uh, Judge Dredd. Yeah, and, uh, that's my baby. And 2000 AD stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Judge Dredd casual, I'll totally admit. Like, nice my interest for Judge Dredd, I like the design, yeah. and I adore the Carl Urban film it's so uh, good. a whole lot. Yeah. So, uh, seeing you, you talk about uh, the Dread stuff, especially on, say, uh, Tested.com's video from Nero Comic Con, um, yeah. now that you're moving into having a 1 6 scale Dread, like, uh, is, is that kind of to you a plateau for that license, or is that just a step forward? That, that was something I have worked hard for for 
four years now, maybe, just pushing for it. Uh, there's been so many hiccups with that line and that license that we, when we had it, um, that Ash, Ash has so many projects that he needed someone else to step in and be like, okay, take charge of this, make the coolest judge, judge figure you can. And that was the only thing he said to me, and that's what you know the engineers and I set out to do when Ash would oversee everything. Like, you know, you know he'd be like, nah, tweak this, tweak this, make this better. And it's like a dream come true in a weird way because I've just been a Dread fan for so long. And, uh, yeah, and like working with 2080, like they've been so cool. And uh, just like internally, because you guys have moved into a lot of licensed stuff in the last couple of years, do you think that might be something uh, approached going forward of uh, like with with Ash like working a lot on on uh, his own projects and things, kind of delegating out a lot of the heavier management parts of different licensed projects to people who have a lot of enthusiasm behind them? Yeah, uh, that's kind of what he's trying to surround himself with, and especially with um, we're also working a lot more with comic artists that have very specific visions, or like we're just doing directly their art style and working with them to do that like um, we're going to work with Paul Pope to do THB and we're working with Jeff Darrow to do Shaolin Cowboy and we're working with um, a Greek artist Yanni Malono Yanni who works on the Prophet comics to do his web series Old City Blues which is kind of like a ghost in the shell cyberpunk like mecha and police story yeah it, it, it's, it's easier when you have strong visual artists that you're working with because it means that all I have to do is just be like, no, it looks like this, and just have, you know, Yanni or whoever do a new turn, and we just send it to the engineer and the sculptor, and then we just go back and forth on Skype, directing and, and, and pushing, like, the, the sculpt. And are you guys, uh, like, working with this many artists, are you still looking to pursue a lot of, um, like, licensed franchise type stuff as well, or might this be a bit of a shift for a little while? It's not so much a shift, it, it's just sort of where things have, have gone with, with the direction of the company yeah. and it, I think it's we, we, we're all just comic book fans for the most part like Ash has been doing comics for 20 years and yeah. he's at a point in his life where he can just say yeah I'll make the toys for you you know, yeah, so you can, it, allow, it allows people to see their designs like realized in, in three dimensions. Exactly, yeah. Uh, speaking to a lot of uh, indie toy makers at New York Comic Con, it seems like that's kind of the moment for a lot of creatives. Is it, when, when you see your, your thing visualized sitting in front of you on a desk. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know when I, when I get figures I've worked on in person in hand because being remote in Seattle and not being in Hong Kong, I don't get the immediate look at it. Like, yeah. I'll get, you know, videos or I'll get images, but once you have it in hand, it's, it's the coolest feeling in the world. Yeah. Well, I've got uh, just kind of two two last questions. One, one I've always wondered about, and then uh, one relating back to Transformers. Yeah. Um, so when, when, when I'm talking about 3A toys, and I'm talking about 3-0 toys, uh, I've always wondered... Am I am I okay just to go like your guys' stuff when referring to both of those things? Yeah, I mean Ash has very clear distinctions and in the office there are you know, there's there's a clear divide of three zero staff, three A staff, and also two different factories. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, that's the same office. It's Kim. The only difference is Ash is not involved in the three zero projects. Yeah. But we're sister companies. And you know, when one company does well, the other company, you know, you know, benefits from it. So it's just it's a really good back and forth. 
and it's it's fun because it gives Kim a ton of you know the ability to, to work on projects he wouldn't necessarily want to work on with Ash. Or Ash would be like, I don't have any interest in Game of Thrones, but yeah. Kim is like, I like Game of Thrones. Let's do Game <laughs> of Thrones. Um, and, and, and my last question is a, a very hypothetical one. So we're going to get into Dreamland here. Yeah, yeah. So let's say that this license did come with the ability to make a converting product, like yeah. a, a vehicle to robot. It's kind of a two-parter. Would you even want to? Oh, yeah. Like, and, and, and if you did, like, how, how much of a task? Do you find that exciting, the idea of trying to tackle that puzzle? Oh, yeah. That, 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 I would love to. We, like, we, we talk about creating our own original lines that transform. Um, but, I mean, if we could make a transforming transformer, that would be just, just the best thing in the world. It's a, it's a crossroad I love to see a toy company have to get past. It's I, like... would, I would love the challenge, and I know the engineers would love the challenge of just being able to do that. And I think uh, with 3.0 getting the Votoms license and having the scope dog be able to transform into the you know the sitting resting pose, yeah. I'm sure that was, like, for the engineer there, that was probably, like, the dream come true. Just... Yes. The kind of like, now if we could just have wheels flip out. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, wings. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm looking forward to seeing how the G1 uh, license guys turn out. Yeah. Um, Dark of the Moon, as I understand it, you've, you've completed that license line for now. We, we, we just announced at the show we are continuing with the movie lines, so we're going to be doing uh, figures from Age of Extinction and The Last Night. Oh, excellent. Yes. I, uh, have, a, I have a thing. I kind of like that Age of Extinction Optimus design. He's coming. So that's, yeah, that's, that's that's good to hear. Something I I can say. Yeah. And uh, are you guys still aiming for the same scale on those? Yeah. Uh, so Optimus will be 19 inches tall, and then when we do a Megatron, he'll be the same height. Okay. Yeah. So it's gonna be big bad robots. Oh yeah. All right. And uh, yeah, that was my big question: was whether or not you guys are gonna go into uh, the current movie line. Yeah. So. I mean, the, the the demand for more movie line has been huge, and like we notice it, we hear it, we you know we we push Hasbro, and we're talking with Takara, and hopefully, uh, we're, I mean, the deal signed. So we're we're moving forward. Should be we should have the first figure out around the time that the last night movie comes out. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll be keeping my eyes out in the news. Uh, hope to see more exciting G1 stuff as well. Yeah. And uh, thanks Next for up is Bumblebee. Ooh. He's probably not going to be 19 inches tall. I'm He's going to be 9 inches tall, and then we're going to give him a 6-inch spike figure. All right. Yeah. Uh, are you able to say if that's going to be a cloth goods outfit on spike? All right. Yeah, it's, Ash is redesigning all of it, so it's going to be his kind of like dot-eyed, you know, yeah. uh, Playmobil or Playstool kind of, you know, Tintin-looking characters. But, but, we're, but Spike. we're probably looking at a hard hat of some kind. Uh, we're still debating on if he's going to have two heads or like a head with a hat. You know. All right. We'll see. All right, cool. I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing that. Yeah. Uh, thanks for your time. The, the dealer room is actually closing in around us. Yes. Uh, so before we get crushed, we're going to cut this one short. All right. But uh, yeah, thanks for your time, and I'll talk to you later. Cool. Thank you.